0: on there is that what the problem is
1: no it's not i i've, I've been looking at uh, this this computer screen all day and i have a bad uh computer headache right now from uh just overexposure so forgive me for looking so damn cool
0: you look very cool
1: but uh
0: let's just talk about this movie next week
1: no, I want to do, I just, I have a headache. It's fine. I'm having some coffee. <sighs> I'll feel better in a few minutes. I just, I just have a little headache glare and now this is helping. Okay. So. All right.
0: Um, it's not the, the glare coming off the top of my bald head.
1: That's... It might, it's not helping, but I don't know. I, I had this before I
0: saw you. Oh, okay. Uh, do you have your taxes done? Cause you know, taxes are due on Monday. I did them I did them a long time ago. Oh, you got them wow. You're, you're I did a, them
1: at the normal time, even though we get all these extensions now because of COVID. I didn't have a lot else to do. So I just did my taxes.
0: You got your taxes done. Okay. Do you have mm-hmm. a lot of money coming back? I don't I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Why should there I go. know? I don't they always they I it never matters if I know. Cause if oh. I think I know, then there's always a surprise. So it's why, surprise. why track it?
0: Honestly? Yeah, no, I get it. Is, is your headache from the allergies from the, yeah, I think pollen? so. I had, oh. I
1: had really bad pollen, um, tree pollen today in Brooklyn. It must've been terrible up there where you are. I don't breathe. So,
0: you know, I hold my breath all the time.
1: Yeah. Um, that didn't help my headache. Uh, oh. And um, but, you know, I don't mean to, it's not a big deal. I'm really doing fine. It's really hard to see right now. It's hard to see uh, the the IMDb page that I had to pull up because I've been running around. Le- I've been not running around. Forgive me. I have been sitting here in front of this uh, computer for days. And um, I'm a little I'm a little uh, interdimensional at this point. <laughs> Amster on a wheel. How are you? What's happening in your life?
0: Uh, I'm good. I'm getting ready, you know, for my big trip that's gonna be in three weeks cross country uh, with my buddy Bruce. Uh-huh. Who, uh, you know this trip has been thirty nine years in the making. Did you know that? because we were gonna do it right after we graduated from college. And for a number of reasons, it didn't happen. And for 39 years, we've been saying, we're going to take that damn trip cross country together someday. And now we're doing it. But here's the thing. It's going to be so much better than it would have been 39 years ago. And you know why? Um, I really don't. Because Krispy Kreme, you can get a free donut every day at Krispy Kreme if you show your vaccination card. So I'm going to chart a route across the country from Krispy Kreme shop to Krispy Kreme shop and just don't nut it up.
1: Um, do you only get one free donut per Krispy Kreme store per
0: franchise? No, you can get a free donut every day. So you could the same
1: walk- Krispy Kreme?
0: You could walk into the same Krispy Kreme every day with your Vax card. And get a free donut.
1: They can do this because that's how few people seem to be getting vaccinated. That's the only (laughs) way the math works out.
0: Well, particularly in the parts of the country where Krispy Kreme is very popular.
1: They, they, um, I thought they were all over now, but uh, maybe they stopped. They are
0: all over, but, but I think they tend to, it's, they, they, I think they pay very close attention to the gerrymandering of districts when they decide where they're going to open up. Right. Right
1: well we all know gerrymandering is big on uh he loves donuts he's very critical so
0: yeah yeah
1: these are the jokes for this (laughs) evening they don't get any better that's what we've got
0: well they're better than the movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) well let's ease into this a tiny bit because i i don't know that there's ultimately a lot to say about this film a whole whole lot
0: yeah i'd rather talk about whatever episode of star trek it was that clint howard starred in than talk about this movie
1: yeah i mean i think it's interesting speaking of star trek that like for instance the editor of this movie edited like five star trek movies and this really yeah
0: really okay it's i think it's also interesting uh, that the cinematographer of this movie shot Billy Jack
1: that I noticed that was also very strange, <laughs> yeah. strange. Yeah. Weird uh, group of people. So well, anyway, we'll, we'll postpone talking about it. But talk about. I would, I would love to uh, briefly just mention uh, a show that I am liking that I know you like uh, the, the mayor of East town. finally caught up with that. I don't know if we've discussed this on the show or not. I know you have, I don't think I've said how damn good I think it is. It's damn it's good
0: i'm one episode behind i've only seen three episodes now and I'm, I'm waiting to to watch episode four uh but yeah i am loving it and uh just r- really crazy about her in it great performance fantastic yeah. kate
1: winslet is just really throwing it down um so that's that's good and then and then we come to first monday in october then you've got this yeah i'm really surprised that i uh was uh, like pushing seeing this movie i i I don't because i saw it uh, when i was a kid and i something about it i really liked and I, i can't for the life of me figure out what it was
0: i know what it was but we'll get to it um we'll get to that uh but i I would like to say that that you're pushing for this movie and us watching it mm-hmm. more than makes up for my having put us through the twenty seven dresses ordeal.
1: <laughs> I am okay.
0: redeemed yeah, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I'll give you that i will I will say that this movie probably has about fifteen good minutes. In it sprinkled out sprinkled throughout and that's more than 27 dresses had
0: you'll have to point those those minutes out to me because to my mind the the 15 good minutes of this movie when it was in the theater would have been if i'd gotten there really early and was eating my popcorn
1: okay it's yeah well i'll point them out to you we're not going to disagree too much man <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I really don't know why. I think, uh, I don't know what it was. I, I know I was a fan of the director, and I, I still am a big fan of a couple of movies he made. He made one of my favorite movies of all time uh, called uh, The Horse's Mouth uh-huh. with Alec Guinness. Um, it's an older movie. It's like from the 60s. And, and he made a great movie called Hopscotch with Walter Matthau also. And right. he, he made this right after. I'm. I'm not. I don't really feel like blaming Ronald Neem. So, mm-hmm. I think that he did some some nice things. But
0: maybe you were just still in the afterglow of Hopscotch
1: when you saw this movie. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, I think Mathau owns almost everything he does. So I I I enjoy I could I enjoyed watching him do this. But you know what? We haven't even explained what it is. First Monday in October.
0: Which Um, is named after the first Monday in October, which is when, as per the Constitution, the Supreme Court of the United States jumps into session. And uh, the movie deals with the very first appointed female justice of the Supreme Court. And the mostly focusing on the relationship between... uh, Walter Matthau, who plays the far left justice, somewhat modeled after William O. Douglas, and a right wing female justice who is appointed by the president when another justice, unfortunately, passes away, and their somewhat or maybe very fractious relationship. Um, the and there are two cases that are central to the film one is a a uh obscenity case which of course Walter Matthau's uh character is doesn't even think ne- merits any examination he's gonna vote this is not obscene because it's protected by the first amendment and of course the right wing justice thinks there should be some sort of community standards um and some limitations on free and then there's a a big corporate story and our corporations people and uh that's what their conflict centers around and that's the plot uh i would rather have watched the opera scalia ginsburg um by Derek wang which was an opera that was written about the relationship between Antonin Scalia and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, who were at polar opposites, as these two were, and yet were incredible friends. There, that's my... Well, it's
1: too bad we're not doing a political commentary show. That would have been fascinating.
0: <laughs> you hated that. You hated that. <laughs> you hated my my summary of what the movie was about.
1: I don't and agree yet, with I you.
0: Will, I will... I will I will state that my summary was more entertaining than the movie.
1: Um, do you feel that you when you watch a film, that you are affected by your mood or what happened that day or the sandwich that you ate or <laughs> or didn't eat? I, I mean, is that do you think there's any truth to the, to that? Maybe that you're
0: yeah you know... yeah, that happens. okay. Um, and and sometimes it happens that I'm having a spectacular day and and the movie can destroy my will to live.
1: Oh wow, okay. That's uh that's a lot. That's a lot. Um so I'm curious what's uh what's if you had to pick a number one uh complaint, what would your number one complaint be?
0: I thought it was insulting to the intelligence of the American people this movie.
1: It's never bothered you before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, uh, this is true. true. (laughs) Uh, You got me. Oh, you got me. And the show comes alive. (laughs) Finally. Um, Yes, but here's a movie that ostensibly is about, even though it's a comedy it's ostensibly addressing some real issues through a comedy and yet the they are handled so clumsily and on such a a, a first grade level um uh, you know there was nothing um sophisticated or or nuanced about the the handling of the arguments between these two people who are supposed to be incredibly intelligent,
1: right? Right. Yeah, I agree that, that their
0: arguments that, were that, like the arguments of kinder. It was like watching kindergartners bicker,
1: which which is a little surprising. I guess I was kind of surprised, you know, coming from. Jerome Lawrence and Robert Robert E. Lee. The writer, not the not the horrible <laughs> right. person. Right. He may have been a horrible person again. I don't know. I never I think
0: Jerome first. Robbins would have done a better script than 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 this. I know, but I mean the guy they didn't these
1: these folks wrote inherit the wind, yes.
0: Yeah, which is what is surprising. That's what I'm that's
1: saying. I mean, that's what it's like the, the, mm. the they wrote that's arguably you know one of the most famous you know court play ever written i mean it's up there with 12 angry men or or uh i don't even know what yeah scent of a lady it was that that wasn't a play um
0: <laughs> nor was it a movie Send no, of a Lady. No. i think scent uh, of a lady may have been the name of the uh, pornographic film that they're examining in this movie
1: that could be it could be i could have been mistaken about that um yeah so that was kind of surprising it was it was really really uh you know uh juvenile the whole that whole part of it And i i don't know anything about the law or about the supreme court i know you know a lot more than me so it must have been super frustrating i feel I argue,
0: like i argued in front of the supreme court once
1: uh, I have nothing to say other than I'm deeply impressed.
0: Yeah, when when I was getting ready to go to law school, a friend of mine and I were visiting Washington and we went down to the Supreme Court and we had an argument on the front steps just so that we could say that we argued before the Supreme Court.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. There you go. I, uh, I, I did. I did. Yes.
0: Good. All respect to to um, Jill Clayburg. She's done some incredible work. I don't know what your
1: she's your, doing your old friend Jill Clayburg.
0: My old friend Jill Clayburgh, who gave me a, a minor concussion. Um
1: okay, stories.
0: <laughs> stories, yeah. Uh when we this were sent
1: of a lady, you were shooting Scent of a lady.
0: We were shooting no uh, We yeah, well, close. We were shooting an unmarried woman, which also could have been the title of the pornographic movie in this uh that sure. the Supreme court is examining. And uh, I, uh, I played the daughter's boyfriend in that movie who gets, uh, uh, Jill Clayburgh comes home after a very bad first date after her marriage has fallen apart. Uh, she goes on a date with the wonderful actor, a- actor, Andrew Duncan, and it ends badly. And she comes home early to find her daughter making out with her boyfriend in the bedroom. And she flips out and kicks me out of the apartment. And in, in one take, uh, I got my head slammed in the apartment door. And it was one of those Manhattan, you know, those oh. he- Upper East Side heavy yeah. metal the ones that were designed doors. to
1: withstand nuclear blast, the tuck and <laughs> yeah. roll door. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, so did you need stitches? Were you I didn't bleeding? need stitches?
0: I wasn't cut, but we did need to we did need to take a break for about 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. So that I could sort of get my wits back about me again.
1: Was she appropriately apologetic? I would imagine she was apologetic.
0: Uh, I'll say yes. Wow, okay. Um, uh, but uh, it was uh, uh, that that's my 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 Jill Clayburgh story. That was the extent of my interaction with her. Was that that scene? So you what got beat, working,
1: you got rolled by by Jill Clayburgh, she, she got beaten, beaten up senseless, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, I I always thought she was a, a good actor, I don't. I, I, I didn't feel like she was uh, in, in this performance. I don't know what was going on there. She I don't seemed... think
0: she had a script to work with. I don't know what was going on in that Senate confirmation scene. I don't know how that was directed. There was this weird thing of looking down every time she wasn't answering a question. And I don't know if that was supposed to be that she was looking at her notes.
1: There's a reference to Billy Jack
0: which you're right but we never saw the notes so it just it it was this very awkward scene that i didn't understand at all what was going on in that scene and i i felt like the movie didn't start till about 20 minutes 25 minutes into the movie
1: i see we're opposite there i thought it stopped 15 minutes in and didn't (laughs) start and never started
0: never started okay. I thought
1: the setup was fine I was along for it before it started trying to be important about what it was saying about the law and about getting along and ba- you know the the two sides balancing each other out um I was on board I thought well this this I was like this feels like this the slow burn setup to a ridiculous comedy where they're gonna be at each other's throats and I thought okay this could be, you know, we could going be going into Adam's rib territory or something, you know, and
0: we we, we, we weren't, and it and didn't. We didn't. Um, can you answer a, a couple of questions for me? There is, the central issue in one of the cases is this pornographic, obscene film. And there's a sequence when the justices have to go in and watch the movie. Yeah. And that scene could have, should have been very funny. And it wasn't. And also it was awkward and uncomfortable because they showed like either make it funny or make it serious, but they, they showed us some of the pornographic movie in, in these gratuitous images that, didn't fit with the rest of the film unless they were trying to make a serious movie addressing this issue, which they clearly weren't. It's funny. You're describing
1: the only scene I liked.
0: <laughs> Me too. I don't know why. But so there's that, those weird images. And then this scene where Jill Clayburgh is in the shower And obviously completely naked in the shower. It's shot through a frosted glass. And she's naked. And then there's a knock at the door and she comes out of the shower in and puts a robe on. But she's walking naked away from the shower. And and I I don't know why we need why that was in there. It was so I know out of filter with the rest of the movie.
1: I know why I think because we're supposed to kind of believe that there's a burgeoning romance and they forgot to put any romance in the movie at all (laughs)
0: okay so they were like could
1: you just get naked and walk down the hallway because that would seem like maybe it's romantic right
0: that was that's what i think and then there's the one line where where he says well my wife my wife one of the reasons she left me is because she thinks i think you're attractive and we have seen no evidence of that anywhere in the movie and we certainly haven't seen any evidence of it in his relationship with his wife before she leaves um his wife by the way the uh the wonderful jan sterling in her last performance um
1: i you know i i could have watched uh, mathau and Bernard Hughes for for like an hour. That was great. I could have watched them be ridiculous and stuffy and funny and they're in his offices and complaining to each other about things and I, that old friendship was great. I could have watched that movie. Um I could have watched a movie where there are lines like, you know, this was pretty funny to me when math talking to his wife who's just gotten back from europe and he's just gotten gotten back from mountain climbing which is his thing he doesn't really come off like a mountain climber too much in the movie but whatever and um he says how was europe she says wet he she says how was your mountain he goes "High." and i'm like that's that's that was like a cute moment and uh, then yeah, but that was the high point of the movie, right? It happened in the first 15 minutes. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the yeah. first 15 minutes, you had Barney Hughes lying on the couch, you know, and, and that was funny.
0: Right. Now, granted, both-
1: we are talking about a movie where I say the funny part of the first 15 minutes is an older man lies on a couch.
0: <laughs> it's only got, yeah. Uh, there was a line that I liked. The men on the court have got to stick together, Mason. After all, there are only eight of us left against all of her. Great line. That was, a, that was the line.
1: There's some zingers. There's some good, like, bro, they knew you can see that this was based on a play. Yes. And a very, very beloved play, I think.
0: I also liked when she said, are you well enough to talk? And he said, I'm even well enough to listen. That was yeah. a moment of transition in their relationship. But those moments were few and far between. And in terms of the play, this play only... Uh, only 79 performances on Broadway.
1: Oh, so it wasn't a hit? No. Oh, okay. I figured no. it was a hit. That's why they made a movie of it.
0: So did I. Um, there's a couple of things um, that that really fall flat, too. For instance, the high five between Walter Matthau and the one African-American justice on the court does not age well.
1: No. Maybe no, it, it doesn't
0: cool at the time, but it really doesn't age well.
1: It was awkward. It was certainly an awkward thing.
0: And then yeah. the, the gag with the convertible and the rain, just, you know, and then uh-oh, she left her lights on. Okay. Well, you know, I think was, you're I think that filmmaking.
1: <sighs> okay. Um, I go with you 75, 80% of the way down that road. And then I want to be like, have you ever seen a Ronald knee movie before? Have you ever uh, seen Horace's mouth? Have you seen, I know. Did you see hopscotch? No, he's, he comes from the, uh, Ealing studio, British studio system, Ealing comedies and stuff. And he's just, um, he's got his own particular weird, sly little sense of humor. And I, I, I like him. I feel like, uh, I don't know how he was meshing with maybe the the studio system. If this uh-huh. feels like this was a Hollywood movie, big time. And, um, maybe they, maybe it was a little bit more left alone in hopscotch because now he had two stars. And, um, I don't know. I'd be interested to find out. I just think there's a, you know, the guy who made Horse's Mouth isn't, is really not an amateur filmmaker so I don't know what happened here uh, and um I don't know if it's all him I know it's partly the screenplay but um but it literally like it decides not to be a movie at it's like a midway through like it's nothing really nothing happens I, I I felt did you feel that like it really just was like part one and then there's nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I
0: was just, I was really unhappy through the whole thing.
1: Wow. Unhappy. This is terrible. We got to pick movies that make you, ha- that at least make you mildly d- uneasy, but not unhappy.
0: <laughs> well, we've got a movie next week. That's going to cheer me up. No end. Cause. Yeah, people- we- okay. Okay. We'll, well, we'll get to it. But, you know, it does involve people getting eaten. So, you know, that always did, puts a smile on my face.
1: Yeah. How did uh, how did you watch this movie? Did you watch it on television or on your computer or your cell this phone? Movie,
0: I, I always watch them on my computer.
1: With headphones on?
0: With headphones on, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Is that bad? I shouldn't be doing that. Oh,
1: I'm just curious. Just curious. It's something to talk about. Clearly, the movie isn't inspiring <laughs> We're not
0: gonna be able to much conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know. But, do you math to, out. We can
0: get into what kinds of headphones I'm wearing, and what what kind are you wearing? Um, what kind are they? They are. There's some really nice headphones that Dad gave me. Um, I don't know. They have an M on the side. Um, they have an M, M on the side. I have an like, M on the side. Yeah, they're they're very comfortable. Very nice. Yeah, they're very comfortable. They block out all kinds of sound. But not the sound of the movie that you're watching. That you,
1: can although hear. you wish that you had that that exactly. feature on the headphones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. I could imagine that this movie kind of pissed you off. Actually, if you know, knowing how you you would like the same thing if it were done well would be right up your alley.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, courtroom stuff, and and I also uh, I expected. I expected some oral argument in the movie, you know, some courtroom mm-hmm. oral. Well, no,
1: it's a but it was a PG, it was PG, dude. They're not gonna. <laughs> there
0: you go. And we do, we do get one oral argument in in the film, and it's um, and it's a joke. I mean, the the, the it was not dramatic. It's uh, I have that I have done not in front of the United States Supreme Court, but I've done a couple. Of, Oral arguments in federal court. I argued uh, in front of the highest court in the state of New York once, and that those are exciting. Those can be very exciting events, and 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 people are are sharp and at their at their best and they're witty during them. Um, uh, I mean, the, the 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 judges who I was in front of just destroyed me a couple of times. And and had fun doing it. Um, I actually, when I was, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but when I was about to start my argument in front of the Court of Appeals in, in, up in Albany, and it's a uh, a seven-judge bench, right? So you're up there in front of seven judges, and I'm terrified. It's my first time arguing there, only time arguing there. And I'm just about to start my argument, and Judge Wackler. who who later was indicted, Um, but uh, the chief judge, I'm just about to start my argument, and he holds up his hand, and he says, excuse me, counselor, can you hold on for one moment, please? And then he goes, come in, come in, everybody, everybody come in. And I turn around, and it's this huge ceremonial courtroom, and about 150 kids start filing in from a, a high school civics class. And the minute they start walking in the classroom, I realize, I am completely screwed because these judges are now going to put on a show right. for the kids of how exciting it can be to be in a courtroom. <laughs> and the way they decided to put on the show was by eviscerating me in front of them. Oh, for 15 nice. 15 minutes.
1: Nice. To show what they could do.
0: To show what they could do. So I, when the kids finally sit down, I start my statement, which is just to say, Mr. Chief, Just, Mr. Chief Judge, may it please the court, my name is, and that's as far as I got. I didn't even get my name out before they started shooting questions at me. And it's about 15 minutes of that, I finish, I sit down, and then the old guy opposing me, who I'd never met, stands up, and Judge Wackler looks at me and he says, Bernie, it's good to see you again. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, <laughs> my life is now over that's <laughs> fantastic yeah um so i and and i and i've had other experiences of that with with judges where they're where they're pithy and they're witty and they they take each other to task and they take um i i was i was making an argument uh once in chambers and um I didn't have a leg to stand on and I knew it, but I was doing what, what, what they, you know, I was going with what they gave me. And this old judge holds up his hand. He says, counselor, hold on just for one moment. He says, let me ask you a question. If the law were a religion, where would we be right now? And I said, uh, in church, your honor. And he says, that's right. And if we were in church and he put, turns around and he pulls one of the case books off the, the wall behind him and he says, what would this be? And I'm like, uh, that would be the Bible, Your Honor. And he says, that's right. And he opens it up and finds what he's looking for. And he says, and the Bible says, and he starts reading me about sanctions against attorneys who are making baseless arguments in court and just destroys me. And now, granted, the audience might not know all this law, but there's a way to write this stuff and teach people and bring them along and bring that the excitement and tension of what those what those events can really be like and bring it alive for people. And I feel like as as filmmakers and storytellers, particularly dealing with something like the Supreme Court, we've got an obligation to make this stuff. Educational and interesting to get people excited about the these these issues and and what these institutions mean and this movie utterly failed in doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say I, I the only thing I disagree with is the obligation, but other than that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, opportunity then.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, I I think I, I'd say that. I'd be interested in whatever their viewpoint was. It's just that they didn't seem to have a lot of feeling about it one way or another. And maybe that's because Ronald Neim is British and, um, doesn't have a feel or any sentimentality at all about like the U S government and how it runs and the history mm-hmm. of the, the hallowed halls of justice here or whatever. Um, but yeah, it just didn't come through. I mean, for me, the thing that I was kind of, um, unimpressed by was the was the 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 depiction of the right and left and the 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 conversation itself that they were having and the depiction of like how, how, i thought this when it came out was an a, a, a mature movie for adults and it turns out it's literally like three's company like it, it the level of of maturity is with with this woman entering the halls of justice for the first time was not handled nearly uh, with the kind of maturity i i thought it was and i i don't know why i liked this movie when i was younger it makes no sense at all it concerns me uh, i have no justification for it
0: maybe it was the shower scene well
1: uh okay you got me dead to rights it just blew my mind this whole that shower scene um yeah i i I, they're they're not um great performances in here to talk about much although i again do you find mathow watchable you've said nothing about him so maybe
0: i I like mathow i want to you want to hang out with him i mean he's he he's uh the 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 mr magoo face you know yeah. the just it, it he he is watchable i'll also say there was one of the justices um lou palter who's one of those faces that you just recognize from a million a million shows uh i i loved seeing him he has nothing to do uh-huh um James Stevens from the paper chase, basically playing yeah. the same role. What, what was yeah. going on there? I don't know. He did a nice job. Um, I liked him. Did a nice job. Thankless. a nice job in a, in a thankless role. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Thankless. Uh, True. Didn't go any, nothing. It didn't go anywhere. Didn't, hap- didn't, didn't happen. didn't no.
0: happen. No. Um, and, uh, the yeah uh and 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 i have no good stories about any of the people in this movie other than my head getting slammed in the door
1: right well barnard hughes the story i will tell is that barney hughes and his wife helen stemborg who were as i know you know you you know a, a, a famous uh acting couple yes and they were Broadway stars and film stars together and they acted together and since the 50s they were a big deal and um, uh, Amelia got to my my wife Amelia got to do a play with Barney and Helen and a lot of other amazing um, older actors Uh, including Betty Bacall and that was the Betty Bacall thing and Rosemary Harris and so We got to know uh, Barney and Helen a little bit. Helen, who we just saw in, um, uh, not Manchurian Candidate in, um, what was it? The uh, Three Days of the Condor.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes.
1: Yeah, Um, anyway, they used to have Christmas parties um, that were famous in New York, like famous actor Broadway Christmas party. And we got to go a, a few times to those and just Amelia and I were just like jaws on the floor as to wow. the revelry and the drunkenness of the famous people in that room. It was just great. Oh, I would have that was missed. absolutely fantastic. So Barney, you know, I love seeing Barney in anything. He had a nice role in this. And I honestly love him. I think he's great. And I I could have, like I said, that first 10 minutes with him in it, if the movie had been about them and about Kind of an odd couple thing in the halls of justice and it had nothing to do with, you know, with with these supposed legal moral issues that that weren't really didn't feel real. That other case, the final case about whatever energy machine or thing, it's just that was really bad and not thought through at all.
0: Well, and those are both. The, the thing that's a shame is those are both real issues that are treated in real cases that are interesting. And they, yeah. didn't, they didn't handle them in this. The only good story I have that relates to any of this at all is uh, several years ago, I was walking up Broadway and uh, a gentleman tapped me on the shoulders. I, I came out of the subway. I'm walking up Broadway and a gentleman taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and there's a a, a gentleman, gray haired, very pale, says excuse me excuse me but i just have to tell you i was so moved i was so moved and i'm thinking to myself what did he see me in some play you know what what is i was so moved by your speech at your father's memorial and I had a moment of just like I've had what? a stroke. I've had a stroke. I'm <laughs> out of a, a blackout. What? Um, what? Uh, and and then I said, um, uh, uh oh no. And he said to me, he said, "Excuse me, my name is David Ives." So immediately I knew I was talking to somebody from the theater David Ives the the playwright who who wrote uh, uh, all in the timing and, and-
1: Ives of the Eyes of March also yeah. right
0: yeah, yeah. He's a, 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 so, so when he start when David Ives, who I haven't met, but he's identified himself and he starts saying, you're so moved. I was so moved. I'm thinking, you know, what, what did he see me in that he liked? Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm so excited. Because yes.
1: David Ives ruined your day. That's yeah, awful.
0: And then it's, he's telling me about my father's memorial. And then I, I, I recovered and I said, I'm sorry. I, I, I think. I think you must have me confused with somebody else. And he said, aren't you Barney Hughes's boy? And he thought I was Doug. He confused me with Doug Hughes. Okay. Who's a theater director. And a, and a, a couple of months later, I I bumped into Doug at a party. And I said, Doug, just in case you didn't know, David Ives loved your your eulogy for your dad and he was like how do you know I said because he mistook me me you and he said we don't look anything alike and we don't um so it was uh that's my only Barney Hughes story
1: that's, see this is why we don't do a podcast about theater and Broadway because <laughs> these are the kinds of stories <laughs> that's all he doesn't cat doesn't want to hear it either wow listen to him go Listen to him, yeah. Cagney, stop that, buddy. Come on, wow.
0: he's uh, is he watching? Is take it wa- easy. Is he watching first Monday in October? Oh, uh,
1: he's watching the second Monday in November, and it's even worse. <laughs> um,
0: uh, yeah,
1: too bad. You know, I bet you, uh, the people that made the West Wing like love this movie and would talk about it in a nerdy way. <laughs>
0: I I don't, well, I don't think so. It actually says in my, in my notes, for God's sake, give me some Sorkin, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, not that Sorkin wrote comedies, but that sort of pace and, and respect for the intelligence of your audience, I think would have served this movie well. And that, that that's talking purely from a right, nothing against our, our director, that's talking purely from a, a script on the uh, script level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree uh, although the one thing I guess that I did kind of like about it is as a young person maybe and
0: it where you I f- it.
1: No, come on, stop <laughs> it.
0: Come
1: on. Um uh is is this kind of weird idea that I think it was the first you know, movie where I, where I saw a shower scene. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, you, you just want me to suffer so much right now. <laughs> I think sh- depicting um a judge, for instance, a Supreme court judge like that um, has, has a merit because they're human in the film. He's human they're both human beings. And I think there was something valid about making a movie um, where the point wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm remaking the movie in my head, but I could say like take parts of this and those parts worked because I feel like I would have sat through a movie that was really more just about them, them bickering. So something was right. Something felt good. I liked their chemistry. I thought they, she was better when he was in the room and and if they had stuck to that pettiness if it was like odd couple romance kind of thing between them and they'd tabled all of that the movie would have been better and it still would have had that quality of of showing you that these people are are human beings and that that it looked like a cool job i think that's what i came away with as a, as a as a young person in 1981 going like that looks that looks like a fun job to have like that looks cool to go to that office and and to clearly love the job as much as he did and stuff i didn't think right there was any irony about that and they they i think there was a little bit of spirit in that part of it for me i mean they just that you know showing him coming to work and how he talked about stuff and the interchanges with his wife and everything was It was like felt like the setup of a a, a, almost like an Elaine May comedy. Right. And then it decided really not to be a comedy.
0: I think you've touched on something really powerful, though, because the the movie ultimately the the only moment where I found myself truly moved was when she says she's going to quit and he won't let her. Mm -hmm. even though they disagree on everything. Right. And that's where the movie tapped into something that is true and real about the court. And if you listen to some of these interviews with Scalia and, and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she talks about reading. uh, She talks about this one particular instance where he showed her his dissent in a case where she was writing the majority opinion before she had finished writing the majority opinion. And he gave her his dissent so that she could write her majority opinion better, you know, and the idea that these people, even when they disagreed, see themselves as part of a system that upholds the way things that that will make things better, that because we disagree honestly and we really argue it out, we will make our arguments and the system better. Yeah. but I just, I just kept being disappointed that they didn't illustrate that more I, I, effectively yeah. and more clearly.
1: I agree. I think I just think I, it was. I finally kind of figured out why, as a kid, what it was about it that appealed to me as a young person. The law, the legal stuff, was probably not something I was paying as much attention to as, you know, the dynamic between these judges and how, despite the fact that they might disagree you watch them having to work together and have a sandwich together and like look out for each other in this way. Like they're all on the same team, even though they, they fighting about stuff. I don't know for sure that that's what it's like, but in that kind of weird Howard Hawks way, it kind of, it kind of just made me a little bit, um, you know, on team Supreme court. Like I, I, I want to hang out with these people these folks i would want to see more about it based on this movie and um so anyway that's the only thing i can say in support of it but i think it is a completely missed opportunity but based on where they wanted to go with the script yeah. um it really it really is because those cases are not described well and they come out of nowhere particularly that one about the the engine and the free energy and stuff it's really um It's just really poorly conceived, which I was surprised at, frankly. I just I don't know why I thought that these two, you know, Broadway playwrights could would necessarily write a great screenplay because it doesn't always follow. But it was just weak in the way that I thought the Scopes Monkey Trial play was not weak at all. Right. Yeah. Unless I'm misremembering, is that play? Does that play? Is that like I'd, leads? I'd have
0: to go back and, and look at
1: stuff again to which to, you're not going to do? Clearly, the way you said that, just no, I, I
0: we could put we could put Inherit the Wind on uh on our we, watch. List. We
1: I think we need to pivot to a place that's going to be better for us. Oh, we're
0: going. It? Oh, we are, oh, we're pivoting, but we're eventually gonna, at some point we could watch Inherit the Wind.
1: I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'd be curious to see uh that again, but next week.
0: We're watching something different.
1: Uh, Why don't you tell? uh Well, why Thank don't you tell mom what we're what we're going to watch,
0: Mom? Next week we're <laughs> going to watch, and she's going to be very excited about this because she's a big fan of wolves. Right. We're going to watch Wolfen. With I'm Albert.
1: I'm on board.
0: Albert Finney, Diane Venora, Gregory Hines, Thomas Noonan, and Edward James Olmos back. In the wheelhouse. Back in our wheelhouse. Fun Mayhem.
1: Fun mayhem, grindhouse.
0: Blood, people being eaten.
1: Yeah. It's what you need in a pandemic. You don't need yeah. these highfalutin, erudite comedies, these bourgeois comedies.
0: It's very strange to me that James Murtaugh is not in this movie. Maybe we should have him on as a guest anyway, as our resident wolf expert.
1: I think... uh <laughs> We're gonna put him in this movie. He's gonna be in our cut.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so a short episode tonight because how much more can we really say? We could start talking about our allergies again, but people I don't, don't think
1: anybody needs to hear about that. No, <laughs> I didn't I didn't make any interesting food. Um, uh, I didn't do
0: anything interesting. You didn't do anything interesting,
1: not particularly.
0: Um boy. Yeah, I didn't. I I, I didn't either.
1: Um,
0: Not uh, entirely
1: true. Let it be said. We just did see a, a whole class of young students we've been working with at Pace graduate in this last week, and um, that was really cool. That oh, was really exciting. Yeah, it was really um, uh, uh, powerful to see them go through a COVID year like this. And um, uh, do great work, and really pull together, and and um, and get through it. It was it's it, so that that was that was that was a really cool thing that happened this week, and that uh, both Amelia and I were part of. So that's great. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, I finished up my classes this week, and I'll be viewing their final project right next week. Um, but boy, I'm looking forward um, to getting back in the classroom in the fall. I bet the real you know, real
1: uh, interaction. It's fantastic. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a good actual human re-entry. Yeah. It's a good um point. so we're we gonna well, okay. be taking a break while you're going cross country. I'm assuming we will. We'll probably have we are gonna have to
0: take a break for a few weeks. Uh Which but is I good because
1: we've never we haven't taken a break in a year, so no. we're due. So I
0: think we're gonna have two more episodes and then three weeks three or four weeks off. All right. Yeah.
1: All right. So we'll uh, take next
0: week Wolfen and then um, something else the week after that, which will be revealed.
1: We won't tell you what it is yet. You don't know. We don't even know. We don't even know.
0: All right. Uh, Fantastic. And I'll see you tomorrow night. We have yeah.
1: Uh, the, the day after tomorrow night.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes. Because today is Wednesday.
1: That's correct. All right.